the Movie Hour, episode 112, December 9, 2010. Spoiler alert, the following hour programming may contain both movie plots and swearing. Ladies and gentlemen, you've reached your final destination, a place of joy and amazement, laughs, and even more laughs. Welcome to the Rob Lowe Furlough Movie Hour. Whoa. This is great. Yeah, this is Greg Maloney, and here with me today, as you just heard, is uh, my brother James and our other guy, Jeff. Welcome back, gentlemen. Hello, everybody. Hi. (laughs) Hey. Jeff's feeling a little under the weather, so forgive him for being a different personality today. Yeah. It's okay. Force me to remain sober. (laughs) For those that uh, don't know, we... uh, Sent Jim to Florida last uh, between the the shows um, under the guise that he was going to Disney World. We actually sent him on a one way trip to an assisted living resort. So James, I hope you don't hold it against us. I know there's a lot of you know similar age people there. We thought it would you know it would work out for you. I uh, I uh, hope you don't hold it against us. Well, the real truth is I've been begging to go on the road because Jeff is always the one that gets to go on the road. And they keep giving me these stupid excuses like, no, Jim, it's too hard. No, Jim, you'll be a liability. Jim, you're too Jim, old. Jim, you smell funny. But, yeah, so finally I, they decided, oh, yeah, you can go to Universal Studios for us. But they were talking about the theme park apparently. So now I'm in Florida. Is this uh, – so are you, like, are you a master of Baccarat yet or is, there, is that something that's – you know? No, no, I've only, we've only done shuffleboard so far. Okay. Okay. Just I'm not. I'm not quite that advanced. But you've been enjoying some of the some of the around like the surroundings there, right? You've been to, you actually went out there with a little bit of. Uh, there's some others with you. Gone yes. To yes. A bit. We've been paying our tribute to the higher powers of corporate dominance, known as Disney. Known as Disney. I understand. No problem. Um, yeah. I guess. Uh, I guess it has and on the way back. So you been you drove down there, right? Was that like a fifty yeah. hour trip? No problem. Um, it was. Uh, it's like twenty some hours or something. I forget. We drove through the night. We probably won't be doing that on the way back. We did it, but we were pretty much zombified afterwards. Zombified. So I already spent a couple days at the parks. I spent a couple more. Um, right now, I'm literally recording from the lobby of the resort headquarters. And they have a movie room, which is cool. Today's features were Marie Antoinette, Revenge of the Sith, Karate Kid, the new version, and then playing right now is Prince Caspian. So maybe you know, if you guys are lucky, I'll walk in there and get some audio from that. <laughs> are you so, serious? <laughs> yeah. I like the implication that if we're lucky, you will just leave yeah. this podcast. And walk with my if you're lucky, I'll shut the hell up and go see a movie. Yeah. Prince Caspian. So, so yeah. yeah. You probably feel a little bit like uh, Sam Rockwell in Choke, where he's in like that psych ward, and there's tons of old people walking around, and he's just, you know, the cool guy, no, in the know. Not a clue what you're talking about. I've never seen it. No. Sorry. So, so, sort of like if you were surrounded by yeah. old people, and they all, you know, wish they were you because you're not octogenarian old, but you know. Gotcha. Old. Yeah, I, I could be their leader. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Sure, why not? Why not? Well, they're, they're all, they're all like, already asleep by now, so you might want to get to bed and get an early start. That's where everybody is. Before, <laughs> before we go, uh, 
go on to the High Hunters Highwood Hoopla. Two things. Uh, we're joined by live listener Beely, who's a, who's a master in disguise. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Also, um, we've talked about the Family Feud episode multiple times, and I believe we've landed on a date uh, December the 18th for recording. Uh, we'll have to see about that. Still have some interested parties to, to talk to. But uh, we'll probably be making some phone calls. But if you're interested and you want to know when exactly it's going to be and you want to know as soon as possible, just bring it up on the boards at Gunga Pit. Uh, you can personal message me or uh, Jeff or Jim. We're all on there. So, uh, yeah, something to think about. When did it's you say it was going to be? Plug it a little harder. When did you say it was going to be? Uh, Saturday, the 18th of December, 2010. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I can make it. Um, it'll probably be like a three o'clock, four-ish thing, something between lunch and dinner. And, uh, usually it'll be like an hour, two hours, depending on how, how awesome we are. But, uh, yeah, I wanted to make sure that was in the clear. Everyone knew about that. Stop that. Uh, the High Hunters Highwood Hoopla, which we had skipped last weekend, uh, last week, last show, uh, coming back today. First on the docket, Daniel Craig and Bond are both back on track. It's been confirmed that Craig is set to play Bond and Sam Mendez is set to direct. Congratulations, Daniel. You're back on track, big guy. That is crazy, but I didn't realize Sam Mendez was attached to direct. I mean, do we like this idea? I don't. I don't mind it. Don't mind it one bit. He's, what the uh, hell is this Sam Mendes? <laughs> director of American Beauty doing a Bond film. Yeah. Kind of weird. Kind of different. He I, he can do whatever he wants. Really, like he's he's done his. He also did Revolutionary Road, right? Like, yeah. So he so he hasn't, he hasn't done that. a mindless action movie. Like he did exactly. Jarhead. I didn't see it. Be interesting. I, but I'm just saying. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah, Jarhead was good, and that had some action in it. Um. Yeah, Road to Perdition. He did Revolutionary Road too. He's done a lot of road movies. So that away we go. <laughs> that's that's like road. Uh, yeah, traveling. I think yeah. I I have no problem with this. I have no problem with this. I think it'll be really cool. And I uh, apparently yeah, so he did Jarhead. Jarhead didn't have that much action in it, but yeah, I think he could do it. I, I, I'm I'm pumped. I'm excited, and I'm just happy. I'm happy that Daniel Craig. Like we mentioned this before, I was worried that Daniel Craig was going to fall apart. But now that Bond's back on track, I think he's going to get his life back together, and we're going to see, like, he's a good friend of the show, and I just want to make sure that uh, he knows we support him, and we're, uh, we're happy for all his accomplishments. All his accomplishments. Right, guys? Daniel right Craig. <laughs> right, right. I hope he grows uh, a mustache. I hope he's the first mustachioed <laughs> Bond. That's wow. my only goal for Daniel Craig. I do love that word, too. Mustachioed. <laughs> Sounds like a nut. <laughs> <laughs> and on to the nice High Hunters High Hoopla. Kevin Smith has decided to release some snapshots from his new film, Red State, just because fans donated $1,000 to a charity within 30 minutes. I'm just so happy that we have to pay to get people to promote their movies now. <laughs> I like yeah, that Kevin Smith sick. is more inept at raising funds than NPR. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's pretty funny. Dude, NPR's yeah. got its shit together. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, NPR's got Kevin be- Smith in a headlock when it comes to raising. <laughs> yeah, if this becomes a predominant way to raise money, it, uh, I can't. I can't imagine it actually doing any good. No, it's I. I don't know. It's for charity, so I can't be a dick about it that much. But I sure just find it can. hilarious that like it's not just them; it's other groups of people. Like it's happened with musicians recently too, where. 
they're just saying, okay, we're not going to do something unless you donate to this charity. Like, we're not going to promote this unless you... They're the ones with all the what? money. They should be the ones donating. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> Kevin Smith. <laughs> Haven't you taken all our money already? Maybe, I tell you what, if Kevin that? Smith wants to donate to charity, every pound he loses down to, let's let's say, I think he's got an extra <laughs> two fifty under that sweater. I, I, I will give, I will donate a dollar to a charity of his choice. Unless he goes to New Jersey. If he goes to New Jersey, forget about it. <laughs> Do you, you think he has an extra two fifty, huh? Or do you think he weighs two fifty? No, I think he's got an extra two fifty. Like, is this like yeah. one of those walk a thon type things? Yeah. It's gonna be a yeah. a thon for him. You know, whatever he's doing, if he's exercising, he's not making movies, so I think that that's okay. You don't like Kevin Smith that much, huh? Nah, I shouldn't say yeah. that. I'm hard on Kevin Smith because his last like three movies have been dog shit, if not more. Yeah. I understand. I can understand that uh, opinion. I, I respect it. Uh, to the last High Honors Highwood Hoopla, and like Jeff and I had discussed before, uh, Aaron Eckert has confirmed that he will not not be in Christopher Nolan's sequel, The Dark Knight Rises. Wait, wait, wait. Has he confirmed that he will not or that he will not not? Because <laughs> this could be quite the twist. <laughs> he has confirmed that he will not be in Christopher Nolan's sequel to The Dark Rising. Sorry. Sorry, everybody. Uh, more importantly, according to Eckert, Nolan gave him the hard news on a long walk on the beach, uh, during a long walk on the beach. I, uh, it's the best place to give anybody that kind of news, and I'm, I'm happy they, they came to terms. But, yeah, terrible. Terrible. No Two-Face, people. Sorry. The event sounds very awkward. Yeah, doesn't it? It's like it's a breakup or something. Yeah. Hey, we need to go for a walk and talk about something. <laughs> In the moonlight. You know how yeah, we killed it's... your character in the last movie? We're not going to bring him back. See, I want to point. Out, I want to point out because Jeff and I talked about this a little bit before. I was under the impression that he had survived the fall, and Jeff apparently was in the impression that he died. And uh, the, just the fact that this article exists makes me think that the majority of people assume he lived, survived that fall. Jim, or do you? You anyone? Can, can we just say that it is a Chris Nolan? movie and there's definitely some doubt there because that's the way he rolls yeah it is the way he, that's a very good point that <laughs> is definitely, it's like, that yeah out? you know they talked about covering it up they don't really show his body in the coffin they could have pulled them back who knows you know whatever so yeah i i could have seen what happened yeah they're gonna open casket the guy with half of his face missing that exactly. makes a lot of sense yeah i uh so I'm sorry, I'm reading Billy's comments. Billy, vote. Did he survive the last movie or not? Did he survive the last movie or not? I think he sur- like I just think they just ended up doing the funeral just to make everyone think exactly. the good Aaron Eckert died. And yeah, yeah. I, I uh that's why this story exists. And I don't really care that Two Face doesn't exist in the new movie. That's fine. I mean if Aaron Eckert's not sure, how can we be sure? Yeah, that's a good point. Very good point. And uh And why not bring him back? They brought back Scarecrow for a meaningless sleep. Like three minutes in the last movie, they should just bring. They should bring back Scarecrow for this movie. Fuck it, who cares? Okay. We gotta get wrap well, up. Poison story. Ivy. Why not? Uma Thurman's still looking for stuff to do. I'm sure. <laughs> they should just bring back Val Kilmer as Batman again. <laughs> why not? God, yeah, I'd love to see Chris O'Donnell as some like stand-in bad guy. Just some. It's just some ridiculous like cameo. Like just get his ass kicked. Chris That's genius. O'Donnell. That's fantastic. And by the way, Beely voted that it, he lived. Just want to point that out. Uh, right. So taking care of the Hollywood, Hollywood Hunters, Hollywood Hoopla, let's do a few movie reviews here. Jeff's got a 
One to start us off with, I believe. One fantastic one. Well, yeah, I, uh, I feel bad starting us off because it's not exactly actually a movie that I saw, but indeed oh. a television miniseries uh, available on Netflix. Um, not streaming, but um, you know they can send you discs if you want, uh, and you pay them. Those are, those are the two requisites. Um, so, uh, two to series called The Bronx is Burning, um, and it's about New York and specifically the Yankees, but also a little bit of some of the other stuff going on in New York in uh, 1977, the summer of 1977. Uh, like I said, it was brought, uh, I think I said it was brought to us by ESPN uh, a couple of years ago, 2007 it came out, there were eight episodes, um, and it focused around, mainly around uh, three Real characters, of course, uh, George Steinbrenner, played by one of my, uh, I think, most underrated actors, Oliver Platt. Um, Reggie Jackson, played by a guy named Daniel Sunyata, I think that's pronounced. Uh, he may have been in other stuff. Um, I guess he's been, I don't know, no, nothing big. Uh, and uh, Billy Martin, the Yankees manager, um, played by none other than John Turturro. Uh so Ooh, I have seen parts of this. It was pretty good. Um, it, uh, you know, definitely entertaining. I, I think I, I think I signed on mostly for the Oliver Platt and Giant Totoro, and they they didn't disappoint. They they played uh, colorful characters, especially I thought that Oliver Platt was a dynamite George Steinbrenner, and um, the kind of the theme here of, of the whole thing is that George Steinbrenner has bought the Yankees and and wants to win the World Series, and this is kind of like a turning point for baseball, where Steinbrenner like first kind of paid a ton of money like Reggie Jackson was making I think three million dollars a year or something like that which was at that time just completely astronomical for a ball player to make and um so like they um it's it's sort of about the this like lack of team cohesion and Billy Martin the manager being kind of a loose cannon and George Steinbrenner trying to like control the team from the from the front office and just like the different tensions within the context of the uh, the Son of Sam murders going on and um, and like the extremely hot summer in New York and just this kind of uh, this kind of wild time in in uh, New York history and it's pretty cool. Um, the Ramones do like the whole soundtrack, which is kind mm. of annoying at times. Like I love the Ramones, but you can only watch like they they kind of switch between like live baseball plays and like the you know like the the studio dugout with like the the actors playing the characters. In the right. Studio. Okay. Right. And you can it, like they they'll do like a little montage of the ball game like end or like you know of several ball games. And it just it's like always beat on the the brats or Blitzkrieg pop like or uh, rather Blitzkrieg bop like okay I've heard like in this episode they played beat on the brat twice like it's time to time really? to find a wow. different band like um, that might be a little bit of an overstatement but we, like you definitely hear the same four or five Ramones songs over and over and over. We bought the rights to it. Fuck it, play it over again, Billy. Yeah. So, but most I mean, it's predominantly set in you know, the world of baseball as opposed to what it is for the fans and the New Yorkers, right? Right, right, yeah. It's 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 predominantly about, like, the uh, like the, the locker room and the front office and that sort of thing, but it's also uh, kind of about, like, New York at that time. So you got this thing on Netflix all on one disc? No, it's two discs. It was two discs. Devastating. Those yeah, are, I, I, really I can never get that. myself to do that. I really I can never hate it, but it was, this one was worth it. 
Interesting. Interesting. Uh, yeah. So James, you got a little bit to mention on your, on your, uh, trip to, uh, Disney world. Close. Uh, yeah. And you know, as mentioned, I have been on the road. So the only movies I have seen were in the vehicle that we drove down and on the little DVD player. So I don't want to talk about them too, you know, too long with, or anything, but uh, I did, children. Yeah. And it happened to be two movies I've never seen before. So I guess in that regard i was a little fortuitous but uh the two movies that i've seen that uh i haven't seen before were there, uh princess and the frog and toy story 3 so right along my disney theme for this trip um uh, princess and the frog um just your basic classic disney feel um it is their, their first foray it seemed like back into the hand-drawn style of art as opposed to the, the pixar you know uh, computer-drawn animation um it's got all the elements that the old ones used to have, like the Little Mermaid and all that stuff, you know, the song and dance numbers, humorous side characters, some young girl with dreams, you know, Mary's a prince, blah, blah, blah. Um, the one part that is kind of interesting about this is uh, the villain. He's the Shadow Man. I forget his real name or if he has one because, again, I was watching this with kids, so there's some conversation going on. In the- voodoo, man, voodoo. Yeah. And it, it's pretty dark. He's a pretty dark villain. Uh uh, heavily in the voodoo. I mean, we're talking evil spirits are her, his master and stuff like that, and they punish him at some point. So some really dark elements to the film that I found kind of surprising. Um, and Toy Story 3, Greg has already talked about it, so just real quick for me. Um, there's definitely some heavy moments in it, which kind of surprised me, and Greg, I remember him talking about this in his review. Yeah. Um, there's the one scene at the towards the end where they're all sliding to their doom, and this you know incinerator at the the pot, you know, the, the garbage dump, and they've basically resigned themselves to this is the yeah. end. They're all Ex- they all accept death. Yeah. yeah, they're just like, okay, this is it. And it's, <laughs> it's pretty heavy for a kid. Hell and yeah. then the other other moment is uh, when uh, Billy, I believe the the human character's name is, is actually giving away his toys and passing them on to a new owner, basically. And that was kind of cool. Yeah, I, uh, I th- it's an intense movie and a good movie for sure. But I uh, it do- did it. In relate, like in uh, c- comparison to the second one, didn't it seem a lot of the second one over? Like, all right, the kids don't need us anymore. We got to figure out what we're doing. We're outcasts and go on. Like that's the summary. Yeah, I don't remember a whole lot about the second one. To tell you the truth, I, I'm trying. I'm right now struggling to remember the the plot of it. The toy store, and they try to sell. Uh, they try to oh, sell. yeah, the collectible guy and all that yep. stuff. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely some same the same elements going on there. You don't even remember the movie. Shut up. Very little. <laughs> very, very little. Well, I'm happy uh, you were able to enjoy your trip down with, with kids in the car. Damn kids. Can't trust them. Hey, I've seen some movies I haven't. So who, so. who was choosing the, the movies to watch? Was it like Jen. a... Was it was it a democracy? Like you all voted? Like I want to see this Disney movie? Or oh, was no. It... It's definitely the parental pacifier moments. Okay. Popping this in. Get the kids to you know settle down for the the long drive type thing. I mean, it's the the whole library in the car is Disney pretty much. Gotcha. So it, it hit or miss. I mean, I think they're all universally accepted. So Should uh, introduce them to the Hayao Miyazaki movies, the, the Disney of Japan. <laughs> yeah, we don't really have that in the car. for the way home. <laughs> <laughs> that'll that'll the kids scare the shit out of them. It'll be great. Um, and <laughs> going on with this whole animated. Uh, Animated movement. I did a uh, another like I've been watching animated movies for the last your entire reviewing, life. Reviewing. Your entire life you've been watching animated well, movies. I just mean I've been reviewing them 
recently for I don't know quite 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 often here. I know we've done due date stuff in between. Anyhow, uh, I ended up catching another one. Mainly because there's not a goddamn single movie in the theaters right now I want to see. Like, I was thinking about seeing Red, but I, like that was a movie that only showed at like eight and ten p.m. now because it's so old. But that was it. Nothing else good. Um, so you went and saw so a movie. I did see a movie, but I didn't go to the theater oh, to watch okay. it. Okay, so, so since there are no good movies showing in the theater, your only option is to rent animated movies. And not watch any of the awesome live-action movies that I continually recommend that you watch. I have those on my Netflix queue. Right. Totally. Yeah. Away. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not. You're, so you, um, I. <laughs> I end up seeing the movie. My feelings aren't Batman, even hurt anymore. I'm just... Batman Under the Red Hood, a direct to DVD movie. So calm down for a second. Let me talk about it. Everybody, calm, calm down. Calm on you. Um, you're in a tr- you're in a tree of trust. Calm on you. Fine. Calmer than you are. Uh, right, and let me start. So Batman or the Red Hood, Hood is the, the movie I saw. Let me start with saying that uh, I'm not a comic guy. I've said it before. I've admitted it. I haven't read any comics, period, beyond like a couple graphic novels. Um, and I definitely haven't read any of the comics this movie was based off of. But uh, that doesn't mean I can have an opi- can't have an opinion on it, right? Am I right? Yeah, right. Sure. Okay. Sure, why not? Sure, why not? I'll pass judgment. Um what I'm sure the comic lads do love about the uh, about this movie is that the original writer uh, of the comics uh, under the red under the hood, I think is what it's called, was uh, that it was based on. Also wrote the screenplay for this movie. So same person that wrote the original material wrote the screenplay. So I'm sure you know that's probably a big bonus for them. But I don't know that. Um, but story wise, it's actually pretty compelling. You've got. Um, without going into too many specifics, like you have Batman dealing with the death of his sidekick Robin. That's intense. This is a movie that, although animated, it seems like it's made for like you know late like teenagers and on. Like it's not made for kids. Um, he's sort of coming to the terms with how he failed Robin and his sidekick, and uh, the stark difference between him and this Red Hood character that pretty much comes into Gotham City and starts pretty much taking over the crime syndicate. And it's between it's their relationship. What a bad guy. Yeah, there's some craziness going on in this movie. And it's... So the Red Hood's a character? The Red Hood is a character, yes. It's, uh, another Any potential per- for him being in the next movie? Uh, yes. You're, oh, next movie of... You're talking about Christopher Nolan's next movie? Um, Heck yeah. I'm always not. talking about Christopher Nolan's next movie. Right. Anytime I ask a question, assume, assume that I am always referring to Christopher Nolan's next movie. And you know, I'm actually talking about you know a movie that was you know could be released in theaters. Right, right. No, it's it's not a chance, not a chance. Um, <laughs> not yeah, hundred percent, not a chance. I'm saying it right now. It's true, completely true. Uh, right. So the the movie actually like watching it being from outside that comic area i actually really liked it it was good and if you know i was you know i've grown up on the spider-man x-men batman uh cartoons so i'm sure that doesn't hurt but the amount of decisions that go through like the amount of like serious life and death decisions that go through this animated feature surprised me and the first off the joker in this movie is completely badass it's just I can see how the uh, Heath Ledger's Joker came from because these, the, like the Joker in the comic, or at least in this movie, is just awesome. Just uh, completely 
no holds barred. I just want to have I just want to have fun and blow shit up kind of guy. And uh, yeah, completely fantastic. Was he voiced by uh, Mark Hamill? No, he wasn't. Mark Hamill only does uh, yeah he, he does the TV stuff. It seems like from what I what I read, and uh, I don't remember who did voice uh, the Joker of this, but I know it was a Mark Hamill. I checked for that. Uh, anyhow, um, I guess what I'm trying to what I want to get past here is that. I'm going to try to see some more of these movies, and I recommend that if you want to see more of the superhero genre and you're not willing to go buy a comic to do it, this is a great way to do it. And there are a few of these movies, at least as far as Batman's concerned, and uh, they're probably pretty easy to get, especially on Netflix. I actually watched this on Netflix streaming, so if you want to want to get it for free, well, if you want to get it on Netflix for free, you can. And another thing to point out, it's actually made 5.2 million in DVD sales, so it's actually uh, doing well as far as that goes. And surprisingly, it's also on Blu-ray, which I find pretty interesting. But uh, yeah, they're they're not doing bad, and I think we're going to see more and more of them. So I, uh, I I'm interested in seeing more, and I would uh, suggest for anybody hankering for some more superhero action to pick it up. It's pretty good, pretty good. You should tell, you should watch it on your way back, Jim. That's what you should do. Uh, I'll see if they have that in the library. Yeah, I'll see if they have that. Maybe I'll just request it here at the headquarters of the resort. Maybe they can play it after Prince Caspian. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, <laughs> right after. <laughs> Fuck that. And I believe the new Narnia movie is coming out, by the way. So maybe Jeff will, Jeff will probably review that because he'll probably be first in line for the Narnias. He's a big Narnia. Oh, I fan. thought you said the new Arnie movie. I was like, he's not even <laughs> done being governor so yet. That's sweet. <laughs> awesome. Arnie's back on the big screen. Awesome. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, right. So that does it for a movie review. And I don't want to keep Jim Jim much longer because I know he's got like a get to bed early bird Breakfast yeah, you got to get that so. early bird breakfast before the, all the. <laughs> no, they they skip breakfast. They go straight to dinner here. <laughs> no, sh- no shit. God. All uh, the centogenarians hanging out in Florida. <laughs> so wake up at four in the morning and go to sleep at two in the afternoon. <laughs> um, That's so exactly what it's like too. This this brings us uh, full circle to the the Parker Posey play along, the best feature ever. And uh, Jeff had the question last week. Didn't get as many answers as I don't think we as we hoped for, but very tough question. The question was, if uh, some sick, sadistic, whacked-out psycho forced you to sit down and watch every movie featuring an actor of your choice, which, by the way, was misspelled, misspelled on the, the forums, uh, which actor would you pick? And uh, there were quite a few answers. I do want – Jeff, you should actually get first say. Say uh, any uh, – any comments that you like the best? Um, <laughs> even though Josh kind of ignored the uh, the our, our friend Dean kind of ignored the caveat that they need to have an extensive thing and pick the the chick from uh, Never Ending Story, the uh, the princess or whatever. Yeah, she has a name. It's called the Childlike Empress. The Childlike Empress, <laughs> which, <laughs> which makes like of all the people that you could pick, like like yeah, only been in one movie, so like. <laughs> When you think of someone that's only been in one movie, how does his mind immediately go to the childlike empress? That's really fun. Because he, we've done some exhaustive, exhaustive research on the childlike empress. Do you know where she went to college? No, I don't. <laughs> Doesn't sound very exhaustive. Yeah, I was going to say, because one time I did exhaustive uh, research on young Pete from Pete and Pete, and I found out that he went to Boston College. <laughs> That's fantastic. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> That's fantastic. 
That's why you're in the. It's okay. It's just slipped your mind, Jim. Pete All friends. Pete. We are your friends. We are your friends, Jim. You know us. I'm <laughs> We're moving you to Florida for your own good. <laughs> <laughs> It's okay. That was actually that was the comment I was gonna make too. Like, he took it. Your question as literal as possible. Like, if there's some psycho making me watch movies, I want out as soon as possible. <laughs> Somebody, yeah, it was uh, maybe a poorly phrased question, but I, uh, I, I, I don't think he understood the the heart of it. But uh, yeah, a very good question, and I uh, appreciate all your answers. And actually, I have the next Parker Posey, and I'm gonna preface with this: with it's a tough one. It's not easy. It's not simple, and it's not going to be very easy to answer on the fly. So I feel for uh, Jim and Jeff and uh, possibly Beely to answer this thing. But anyhow, I want to uh, start with a little story here. Start with a little story. Um, it's obvious that uh, Hollywood is sort of in like a state of emergency, a state of uh, <laughs> lack of innovation would be the, the, the phrase. Uh, they're pretty much regurgitating feces and putting it back on the big screen over and over again. It's, it's awesome. It's quite the visual. Uh, yeah, it is. It is. Uh, and if Tinseltown is ever to inspire me again, it's going to need like a superhero of its own. And uh, I'm just wondering, who do you trust in Hollywood to bring the next creative movie to theaters, be it an actor, writer, director, producer, or otherwise? Just somebody that you have hopes in that can create the next doesn't have to be completely just like innovative one of a kind movie but somebody that breaks the mold and maybe you know of a project that's already in development that you're excited to see Greg Maloney somebody somebody you win the prize congratulations <laughs> so, so somebody you're excited for and you think can uh, pull this off now i know it's a tough question and um, I hope there's some serious thought to it put into the boards. I, I'm I'm rolling with Jason Reitman, which I, I think in my in my view is sort of an obvious pick, but is well justified. And it's like it's pretty much mainly because Thank You for Smoking was brilliant. I love that movie. I think Jeff's seen it. Uh, Jim, have you seen it? Thank You for Smoking, Aaron Arker. I did, and I yeah. really liked it. Yeah, a very good movie. And uh, Up in the Air also very. Up in the Air is really good. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, both written and directed by Reitman. He also directed uh, Juno, which I like regardless. I like it regardless of what Jeff's hate for it. Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, the unfortunate part is I do know that Reitman's next project is uh, Young Adult, which is a movie written by Diablo Cody. Again, the same writer from Juno, but I don't, Cody has nothing on, like, nothing left in the tank other than Juno. Everything in between has sucked. So. I think. What has she done? I, like a horror movie, and that's like it or something. Movie. Yeah, the Megan Fox movie. I forget what it was. And then <laughs> was she it, did she body Jennifer's Body series. Yeah, yeah, yeah Jennifer's Body. Oh my body. god. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, uh... Well, I don't know if you've seen her, but her, her stripper career's hit too. So one trick pony. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> sharp knees. She has sharp knees. We wouldn't touch yeah. her. She's what bird like. But I think if Reitman just. Takes his time, finds like another novel to big to bring to the big screen. You know, I think he could create, you know, that that blip of genius that we need that would, you know, protect us from all the other terrible movies out there. I, I think he's a, I think he's a good choice. And do you guys you guys understand the 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 heart of this question? You guys know where I'm coming from here. I think I think yeah, she's just looking for creative concepts and who we think can bring them to the screen. Yeah, pretty much. That that'll work. That'll work. Uh, yeah, any anybody open for him. 
Be- Brian uh, Weiss is Tim Allen, so if, uh, if you can't Tim Allen... <laughs> It's a tough, uh, it's a tough bar to jump over. I should just go with Jason's father who brought us Ghostbusters. Yeah, that'd be cool. Ivan Reitman. Supposedly, um, he's going to direct the third one. Supposedly, uh, supposedly there's going to be a third one. Right. Um. Actually, I've got an answer. If Jeff's not ready. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, I'm going to answer with J.J. Abrams. Interesting. Um, he's been he's been toiling a lot in TV and stuff, and he came up with the the whole lost thing and all that sort of stuff, which I know you guys didn't get into, but, uh, I mean, at least some of his concepts have been kind of interesting. Cloverfield kind of fell flat, but at least he tried to do something a little different. Um, he brought a star Trek, which I know is a recycled product, but I thought he did a really good job with it. And I think he's out there trying. So right now I think he's my, my hope for at least something new and different. And, you know, if he hits a couple of roadblocks along the way, so be it, but hopefully he'll come through on one of them. Is it the? Has he written any of the lost stuff? So yeah, he has written some some of it. At least he's. Uh, he was involved in the beginning and pretty and started to hand it off. Like once okay, there you go. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, it looks like he's like a creator of all these things. Right. So it's not his writing so much as just his directing and what he's yeah, like. He's helped do like produce Fringe and stuff, and Fringe is really cool. It's like the modern day X Files type stuff. So it's I've got hope for him to. to By really cool, cool. Do you mean stuff. if you talk about it, it'll get you laid? Yes, that's exactly the definition for. <laughs> did you guys? Like, did you guys read the the hoopla when I linked that the story of like Alicia Keys and whatever, like, like signing off on Twitter until they make a million dollars or raise a million dollars? And Alicia Keys says something like, "Using the technology we use daily is so cool and fresh. Like it's just <laughs> a, a great." Who, who wrote that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, it's like something it's awesome. that, like like a sixty year old teacher says after like a seminar about connecting to your students. It's like, hey, geometry is cool and fresh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and go, going back to your answer, J.J. Abrams, not bad. More, like another, I guess he's not he's not as young as uh, Reitman, but like another sort of new face into the movie scene, that's for sure. So, uh, yeah, Jeff, Jeff, you're up next, man. <laughs> I've, got, uh, I've got two words for you that will blow your mind. Tommy Wiseau. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! I, okay, continue. I, I I said two words, and I think I might stick to it. No, um, I uh, for those of you who who's have Tom, not who's yet, Tommy was so who's Tommy? Yeah, was for so? those of you who have not yet seen the room, it is a major departure from every cinematic convention that you have ever ever experienced. Uh, Literally, if you set out to make a terrible movie, you could not make a movie as bad as the one he made. And it's what I think the reason I think it answers this question so well is that it's, uh, there are a lot of campy movies out there and, um, you know, kind of self consciously, uh, like goofy movies and stuff like that that are, that are made on a low budget or made to, uh, to, to kind of make fun of a convention where, and and then there are some there are movies out there that um, that just you know kind of follow all the conventions that you're used to and they're boring for that reason. And then there are movies out there that that try and defy uh, conventions. This movie does not. Uh, Tommy Wiseau's only movie, The Room, does not 
aspire to any of these. Instead, it just uh, com- it shows complete uh, ignorance of every convention and uh, and is very entertaining for that reason. And I think that um, I think that 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 might be the future. It, it, having no sense of uh, no sense of irony about your horribleness. I think that <laughs> that goes along with with blogging and uh, and Facebook and all all the rest of the uh, the horrible shit that's happening. God, I need to drink more. This is terrible. I, I get I get grouchy when I'm not. <laughs> not you are grouchy. So anyway, uh, Tommy Wiseau changing the face of American cinema. So I immediately went to the Tommy Wiseau IMD page just because I didn't know what he's working on now. Um, awesome. Apparently, no, no, yeah, like, yeah. vampires. <laughs> yeah, apparently he's done a short, the house that drips blood on Alex, whatever, whatever that is. Uh, but uh, what I did notice on here is apparently he showed up as himself in the Tim and Eric Awesome Show. Great job! Oh yeah, you didn't I, know about that? Is, yeah, definitely. Oh, no, I did happened. not. I did not. In two thousand nine. I got to see that. That's funny. Um, God, Tommy was so the house that fantastic. drips blood on Alex. <laughs> yeah, um, that's just too many live prepositions. Listener, live listener B. Lee mentioned Emil Hirsch, who's very, very good actor for sure. And I, uh, I haven't seen Into the Wild yet. I really need to. Um, oh, but, it's great. Uh, yeah, it's a fantastic movie. Fantastic. Uh, but uh, yeah, anyhow, I, uh, I hope you guys enjoy the question. The question again, sort of tough, a little hard to wrap your mind around, but like question in general is who do you trust in hollywood to bring the next creative movie to theaters be it you know again it doesn't have to be just creative it doesn't have to be innovative just something like who you can plan on them bringing a movie that's going to be a little different from the slew of just regurgitated material and if it can be a writer actor director producer whatever anything and uh yeah the question will be at the boards at gungabit.com what if it's answer. all those things do i win uh, I would consider it. I'd consider giving you some kind of medal. Okay, because Tommy was so writer, director, actor, producer, executive <laughs> producer. Man, boom, boom, headshot. Yeah, congratulations. Nice. Um, uh, yeah, J- Jeff, James, I uh, appreciate your input, and I appreciate uh, your orderly's time to let us uh, get you on the microphone, Jim. Let him know that uh, yeah. we appreciate it. Go jump in that pool now. So- <laughs> the Polar Bear Club's starting right now. I gotta go, man. The Polar Bear Club. <laughs> no, but uh, thanks for stopping by, everybody. I hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> uh, drive safe. Thanks to uh, live listener B. Lee for his fantastic input. Take care, everybody. It's been a fantastic ride. Remember, Family Feud episode is the 18th. Is it the 18th? 18th, I believe. Uh, yeah, fantastic. The Rob Lowe for a low movie hour. See you all later.